0: It's time for episode 396 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes.
1: Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast. Happy birthday to Dan. Oh, no, I knew this was going to happen. Happy birthday to Dan. (laughs) Happy birthday to Dan, my dungeon buddy. Happy birthday to you. I'm Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal and birthday boy, Dan the Man Morin. How you doing, Dan? Uh,
0: I'm doing great. Thank you so much, everyone. I You put a fake outline in the spreadsheet and everything. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting it. I wasn't going to bring it up because you know, that's nothing, but I appreciate it. Thank
1: you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, we are joined by two party guests who are also wearing um, party hats, and I am excited to say that one of those is a, a technology podcaster, I would say prolific, uh, who is also a writer and developer. It's Allison Sheridan. Welcome
2: back to the show, Allison. Well, ahoy, matey. It's lovely to be here today. (laughs) Happy to have
0: you. And to my left, it is the captain of Emojipedia himself. (laughs) Uh, It is Mr. Jeremy Birch. Welcome
3: back, Jeremy. Hey, Dan, I didn't want to miss your birthday so much. That's why my laptop is on the roof, getting a great signal for this podcast. It's a long story. I'll I'll, I'll go into a bit more detail later, but I I wouldn't want to miss it for the world.
0: It it makes perfect sense. Thank you.
1: Uh, We're doing a pirate-themed birthday party today, as you can tell. Ah, Uh, The cake is shaped like a treasure chest. And uh we've got we've got four topics in only 30 minutes, so I'm gonna get underway. Uh I'm going to shove off. Uh okay, first my question for you is um iOS 14.5 as well as uh the newest version of Watch OS, TV OS, and Mac OS came out. Um and with that, of course, are some fun new things and also some security updates. So made me wonder, do you encourage family and friends to update their software or do you kind of just let them do their own thing? And if you do encourage them, what is it that you say or do to kind of, um, inspire them to make those updates? Allison, we'll start with you.
2: Well, I definitely do. And it's been kind of a long journey of making myself accessible to them to help them with their problems. And whenever I'm helping them to kind of sneak in conversations about things like, hey, have you heard about password managers? Okay. And uh, so I, I definitely tell them about security problems. If there's a big deal and you know an update's coming out and this is going to fix it, I definitely let them know. Um, i I try to do a carrot and stick kind of approach with that. And so when uh, iOS 14.5 was coming out, I knew one of my friends is crazy about emoji. And I'm sure Jeremy hates to hear that. And uh, ah. And so I said, oh, look, you get these cool new emoji. And by the way, it's a really important security update. You should do that too. So um, I definitely do it. But it's it's you have to be a resource that they already trust on it. And I've managed to get my family and friends to where they're aware of security stuff and ready to to pull the trigger when I say go. Mm. Some of them still hesitate a little while longer than I would like them to, but then I just nag them until they do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think the approach really varies depending on who you're dealing with. Um, for my wife, for example, I have to like, I definitely have to play like the the enticement angle of like, oh, there's cool new stuff in here, but she's very skeptical of that. So I think the things that help the most are the things that relate to either security or in this case for iOS 14.5, the privacy thing, the app tracking transparency feature that Apple's rolling out. I think that appealed to, oh yeah, that's actually something that will improve, you know, my, my experience every day. Um, and then with other people in my family, I think of my parents who, are like the people who leave that little red badge on the settings app for months on end. And so that's literally a case where when I see them, I like take their phones and just run the updates for them less so now than i used to when i you know i don't see them as much because of uh, the pandemic but like when i used to go over i would be like all right i'm gonna be here for a couple hours let me just grab all of your devices and update all of them right now uh because i know they don't really care about the new features and i know they feel like they should you know oh security that's important but i know they just they just won't do it so it's either that i feel like it's kind of a characteristic thing going on there
3: (laughs) jeremy what about you uh, it, it depends on who it is, but in the case of the people that need it the most, I couldn't be further from the rest of you. I actively discourage all updates, uh, especially <laughs> my grandparents, older relatives. Uh, it's, you know, the, the things you don't even think about when there's a minor layout change or something, when they put the, the sidebar for the photos up, it used to be down the bottom and then it went to the side. A year later, they can barely find things in there. So I'm, I'm very much... I get it. I get security updates are good, but in reality, every time there's a software update, it asks them to create a PIN that they don't have because they live in their house and they don't leave their house, and then they create a PIN and then they forget their PIN. So you can have too much security if you can't get into your own devices. So uh no, My- <laughs> I-, I leave it exactly as is. And when I visit, I'll, I'll update and-, and do the, the Dan approach. I'll-, I'll do it in person, show you-, show you what you need to know. But otherwise, no updates that I'm not around if I'm half responsible or we just get it we get ourselves in a mess. I tell you, nothing's been easier than... Uh,
1: I wish that Apple would come out with some feature like face unlock with uh, Apple Watch while you're wearing a mask. And that feature, more than anything else, seems to have pushed all the people that I know into upgrading as quick as they possibly could. Uh, my partner is notorious for being one of the, you know, the red circle, just, oh, I'll get to that, I'll get to that, I'll get to that. Um, but the day it was available, I said, oh, that's uh, that feature's finally available. And he was like, well, how do I, get, well, what do I need to do? How do I, you know, what, what's what's the deal here? So yeah, occasionally features, if you can really sell those, are the thing that gets people to upgrade. Uh, but once you get them into that whole automatic upgrade thing, uh, that seems to be the thing that gets my friends and family to uh, upgrade update as quickly as they can.
2: So I created a new jingle for my podcast dedicated to a segment I call Everything is Fiddly. Everything is fiddly. Because I feel like technology is just getting fiddlier and fiddlier. And I think the Mac itself might be my fiddliest bit of tech. I mean, in the last three days, I've lost internal keyboard capability. I, I can't name my photos. Uh, apps in the Mac App Store are refusing to download. And three of my top most favorite beloved apps, I'm not going to come out here, those are failing me right now. So my question to you is, do you feel like everything's gotten fiddlier on the Mac in the last couple of years, or is it just me?
0: That's It's one of those things, I, I definitely agree with you in sort of a subjective experiential way that I definitely feel like I spend more time banging my head against things um i'll say two things one it kind of comes and goes for me and then some of it i wonder is how much is you know i wonder how much of it is influenced by my mood right where you get that cascading thing where it's like this thing didn't work right i'm so annoyed and then all of a sudden you're noticing all the other things that aren't working right and it feels like ah everything's breaking um, I And I think that's part of it for me. I think another part of it for me is also just our computers have gotten so much more uh, powerful and all the things they can do. And I feel like I stretch them more than I used to in terms of like trying to get them to do more. And so as a result, I think I butt up against those places more where there are sort of edge cases or weird bugginess, because like the capabilities have gotten just that much more powerful. And then sort of a third thing that I think I would add to that is other technology that we use every day that sometimes seems simpler by comparison, having maybe our iPhones or our iPads around. And it's like, oh, well, you know, these are different devices that have a different interface and in some ways are more limited,
3: but in some ways work better within those strictures. Yeah, my gut is things are fiddly and I'm always like, oh, this thing, that thing. But when I think about it, I just wonder whether it's just me and just just don't have the patience for it, you know, when I sort of, maybe maybe in the last few years things got more fiddly, but if I think back to sort of the 90s Mac and, you know, dragging extensions in and out of the little folder to make your Mac boot properly, or this, (laughs) I don't know what I ever did to the TCPIP gods or whatever the control (laughs) panel used to be to make the internet work, but I don't know, just typing in random codes into that thing until my ISP would connect just... It, it just brought back memories that maybe maybe things maybe things are more fiddly maybe they're not but I, I don't miss those days that's for sure It's maybe that things
1: aren't fiddly so much as things are obscured uh, more so than they ever were before and so it becomes harder you 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 know make an input happen and you expect an output um, and when that output doesn't happen, Maybe it was a little bit easier before to know what was, what, what caused the issue? What made it go wrong? So yeah, the obscurity, I think more than anything else is what causes me to, uh, be bothered by fiddliness that exists, uh, in, in these operating systems. All right, Allison, why don't you round us out?
2: I think you're all. Too forgiving of how fiddly <laughs> things are. You're like, Oh, it's probably my fault. Cause I, I use my computer. I, you know, one of the reasons I'm so frustrated is I did a clean install three months ago. I mean, a full nuke and pave. I didn't even use migration assistant to bring anything back. I installed every single application from scratch because I don't like chasing down fiddly little problems. I want those just not to exist. I cleaned everything out. Nothing can be my fault. And yet everything is failing on me right now.
1: Well, we can all be we can all be very frustrated together. Uh, while we take a quick break and get unfrustrated, uh, folks, this episode of Clockwise is brought to you by our good friends at Memberful. Memberful, let me tell you, it is the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience, and frankly, it's used by some of the biggest creators on the web. You can generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You might have heard us talking about the Relay FM membership program. What you might not know is that Memberful is the platform we are using for that program. And they make it super easy to generate that extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our members. I'm going to let you in on another little secret. Uh, Twit just launched their membership program. And guess what we're using for our membership program at Twit? It's memberful. That's right. Um, it is a fantastic and easy way to set up a membership program, uh, for your creations, for whatever you happen to do. And it's not just podcasts. There are lots of different, uh, online blogs that use memberful. It is, um, a fantastic way to go about, uh, you know, having that financial independence that you might not be able to get otherwise. Uh, so anybody out there who is a creator, uh, would be would be happy uh, signing up for Memberful. So maybe you're already producing content and relying on advertising or other means of income. Well, Memberful makes it easy to diversify that income with everything you need to run a membership program. You get custom branding, gift subscriptions. This is one of my favorite things. Makes it very easy for folks. Apple Pay. Uh, I know. Whenever I've signed up for different Memberful programs, just. Hitting that little Apple Pay button makes it pretty easy. Uh, there are free trials as well, private podcasts and tons more. Twit has a bajillion de private podcast feeds that you get when you sign up because we do are doing all ad free stuff. And, uh, it is, it was really easy for them to set up those private podcasts. Uh, and you get all of that while you leave, uh, full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, your brand and your membership. If you're a content creator, memberful can help you monetize. That passion. Get started for free. That's right. At memberful.com. No credit card required. That's memberful.com. Go there now to check it out. It could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and of course of Relay FM. righty, birthday boy. What's your topic for us? <laughs>
0: Well, I want to know about your preferred typing setup. What kind of keyboard do you use if you have your preference? Is it a clicky keyboard, a low-profile non-clicky keyboard, an external keyboard, the laptop keyboard, the iPad keyboard, the iPhone keyboard? I don't know. I want to know about what you prefer to use when you have your choice. Jeremy? All right.
3: Uh, Well, I, I, I preference lifestyle over comfort. I suppose you could say that. For me, I live in a very small home, and I'm on the move normally, and it's just all the laptop keyboard built in. Standard keyboard, it's fine. It's not amazing. The MacBook Pro, I guess I've got at the moment. I like it when it works. I'm not a big fan of keyboards that don't work. So over the last few years, I've not been a massive fan of, of blowing air in my keyboard and replacing them. But otherwise, it's okay. If I, if I lived in a hypothetical world, I guess the full size keyboards, they're nice. But, you know, I'm, I'm not super fussy, really. All I really want is a keyboard that functions. And in the case of autocomplete on iOS, that, actually tells me, does the right words, which it no longer seems to. But uh, as for my my day-to-day work, just a laptop. It's okay. I wouldn't mind if the little arrow keys had the little indent on the side, though, so I could find them. Years later, I still can't. Still can't do that. I don't know. How about you, Micah?
1: I can use any keyboard. I have no preferences. I mean, the keyboard that I'm using right now is the, the Magic Keyboard with my Magic Trackpad next to it. Um, but I have my MacBook Pro open so that I can have it as one of my displays. I've got two external displays and the MacBook Pro display, so I've got three and I will occasionally, depending on how close or far away I am from my desk, use the keyboard that's built into the 16 inch MacBook Pro as well. Uh, and then I can very easily context switch back to the external um, keyboard that's attached. At the same time, I really like the uh, keyboard that is uh, connected to my 11-inch iPad Pro. Um, I would imagine that I would have just as much fun typing on one of those clickety-clackety keyboards uh, that people get obsessed over. But for me... I don't really, yeah, I don't have any, any preference per se. It just happens to be, it's, it's like a, a good camera, a uh, good camera as any you have in front of you. For me, a good keyboard. Any I have in front of me, and I know that makes some people freak out. Allison, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I'm going to say something uh, full of heresy here. I had a 2016 uh, MacBook Pro that the battery swelled on uh, in like late 2019, one month uh, short of the end of Apple Care, and when they replaced it, they replaced the butterfly keyboard with the most recent, the very last butterfly keyboard. I love that keyboard. I just love it. And I really dislike the non-butterfly keyboard. What is it? Scissor switch one in the 2019 MacBook Pro. So in general, I use my magic keyboard uh, and trackpad just like Micah with my MacBook Pro. Um, But I got to tell you, I love, 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 love the magic keyboard for iPad. I have actually, on many occasions, put my iPad in front of me, on my desk, in front of my MacBook Pro and my uh, Pro Display XDR and shoved everything out of the way and sat there and typed on my iPad because it's so pleasing to type in Ulysses and write my blog post there in with that wonderful keyboard. So uh, I'm just going against everything everybody probably believes in. <laughs> um wow there's a
0: lot of varied opinions i like it um i tend to be very much one of those people with the whatever keyboard is in front of me i used an 11 inch macbook air as my primary machine for many years and um that was fine i didn't bother me at all i think that was a pretty great keyboard i have an m1 macbook air right now and i really like the keyboard on that for the most part i, I wish i had a little more it's got those so low prof- profile keys that i actually find it a little bit difficult to use at times um, I tried a clicky keyboard for a little bit and it didn't it was just too much for me. Um, especially because if I like type anything while I'm on a podcast, you can hear everything. <laughs> so I went back to my wireless magic keyboard. Um magic keyboard, wireless keyboard, I don't even remember what they call it. Just my right? standard silver <laughs> iMac keyboard. Uh and which is just fine. If I have a complaint about it. I would say it's that it doesn't have the inverted T arrow keys, which I missed from the earlier version because I have trouble orienting my fingers sometimes. That really annoys me. It's my favorite thing about the MacBook Air, the M1 MacBook Air, and I'm super disappointed that those new iMacs they just released do not have an inverted T on their keyboard. Why, Apple? Why? Anyways, thank you all for your many keyboard thoughts, which I'm sure will not incur any sort of controversy at all. Uh, we got one topic left, and it comes from Jeremy.
3: Well, that's why I picked something that we can all agree on. The only thing... What do they say? The only thing worse than no internet is slow internet, because it's so frustrating. And uh, I'm somewhere with quite poor internet right now, despite hopefully I'm sounding okay on here, but I had to go to some effort to put my laptop above my boat and have my microphone leading down into a cabin to avoid the wind. It's very complicated. Bad internet all around. I'm wondering, for you three, and you're somewhere with bad internet... Any tips or are there any things you do? Maybe when it's you're traveling or something, what do you do to, to try and get through the day if your internet's not up to scratch for what you need to do? Uh, who's next? Micah, I guess.
1: Yes. Uh, so there are a couple of things that folks can do, um, in tricky situations. One is always carry a, unfortunately with our modern machines, always carry a dongle that has an ethernet, uh, jack. Um, as a connection, whether it just be a straight up Thunderbolt to Ethernet or a, a docking solution that has Ethernet as part of the different connections. Um, because if you can get Ethernet, you want to use Ethernet, even if it is a slow connection. Wi-Fi is uh, made to be a uh, a connection method that will have kind of spaces in between the connection. And so if you are doing audio or video, um, and you're trying to stream that, then you're going to run into it. Uh, and if not audio, then the video certainly is going to be shaky. So it had me panic yeah, for me minute I was oh, a minute. Me too. Oh no! no. Oh I'm, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Too realistic. Do that. So <laughs> always be plugged in if you can. And then the other thing that I recommend. Uh, it just recently came to the Mac App Store, and it is an app called Trip Mode. Uh, Trip Mode is this fantastic app that lets you, uh, basically, have control over what gets to connect to the internet and what does not get to connect to the internet. So, So you may, uh, you may yourself go, okay, I'm about to connect. So I'm going to turn off Dropbox syncing. I'm going to turn off, um, I don't know, creative cloud syncing and I will close my email application. But oftentimes these apps are still doing some stuff in the background. And so trip mode shows me, uh, what is using up, uh, the most, what is, what is sending the most data over the internet. And I can go through and pause each of those apps individually and say, you don't get to connect, you don't the only thing that gets to connect is Skype if i'm you know using Skype or Zoom if you're using Zoom and so it makes it very easy to kind of limit the bandwidth to that um those are my only tips that i have Uh, Because there are lots, but I don't want to use all of them up, and also I'm running out of time. So, Allison, what are your tips?
2: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Trip Mode, Micah, because that's a an app I used to use all the time when I was on uh, limited data plans for cellular and trying to limit how much I was using. Uh, Definitely a big fan of Trip Mode. It's it's great software. I hadn't thought about it as just shrinking how much of it you were using, so you could use the little internet you have for what you need. So that's a great tip. Um, I don't actually have any good tips. I remember. Going on to a, my first cruise, and I realized that I didn't just like the internet. I love the internet and I missed it so much. It was, it was absolute torture for me to be on a cruise around Australia because I couldn't be on the internet. Um, I remember being so agonized when we were driving long distances in Wyoming and we didn't even have cell service and it was just, it was just horrible. Um, it, we were also on a riverboat in India once where we, I actually took a screenshot. I was getting one kilobyte per second downloads on the, on the riverboat. And, uh, but you know what? They, they, a lot of gin on the boat, and and we worked it out. That was the only thing. So I guess turn off the radios to save the battery in your devices and uh, go out on deck and read a book. That's all I can tell you, Jeremy. Stop drinking gin. (laughs)
0: Um, Like Micah, Micah took trip mode, which I was also going to suggest, which is very handy for having much more control over it. Um, I also end up sometimes falling back to um, tethering to my iPhone, uh, which is not an option for everyone, but I have a plan that lets me do that. And is something that I definitely rely on when I feel like the uh, the Wi-Fi starts to get spotty because it's often amazingly more secure on the mobile network, more uh, more stable, I should say. Um, I, Ethernet's not as much of an option for me just based on where I am and and oftentimes just not seeing them and in fact now I think I have computers that don't even have ethernet built in anymore when I travel, so that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, I think it comes down to trying to eliminate as many things as possible that your computer is really trying to do and trip mode is a great way to handle that Um, because otherwise you have to go around and like try and quit everything as much as possible and like Micah said sometimes you don't know if they're still doing other stuff in the background or not and it's really frustrating I've been dealing with intermittent dropouts recently on my home network and it just it goes back to our fiddly conversation it's just very irritating (laughs) see I know (laughs) Jeremy why don't you wrap us up here
3: well, uh as a lot of you know, I live on a boat, so I don't have, you don't, can't get fiber to the boat, you have to uh get cellular, so that's my default, and you know, I'm pretty set up here with an external antenna and different SIM cards, so that kind of thing isn't super universally helpful, but if you're traveling, if you absolutely need a connection somewhere and it's going to be mission critical, having different SIM cards for different networks, always handy. Uh, probably the most frustrating thing, yeah, trip mode's great. Absolutely. Uh, it it really does. But the most frustrating thing is probably iMessage and Apple services don't handle low bandwidth well at all. You could send an iMessage if you're on a, one of those connections that's barely alive and it can jam up your whole message queue somehow. And, you know, whereas other messenger apps seem to just figure it out. They'll resend it later or something. It
0: seems fiddly is what you're saying. Does that thing where it goes to like ninety the little progress bar goes to ninety
3: percent and then just stops? and doesn't do anything yeah infuriating so bad. <laughs> and you sit there yeah so that that's i don't know you if you're in that situation you just can't use some apple services because they're not the, the internet's too good in california ship all the apple developers put them on an island somewhere with bad internet <laughs> and uh that might help uh but anyway yeah the trip mode do that and different sim cards is my main tip and drinking on deck sounds good to me too Drinking on deck.
1: Alrighty, folks. We are just about to the end of this episode. We'll have a bonus topic shortly, but I want to tell you about Clean My Mac X. And that's right. It's not Clean My Mac 10. Uh, they tell us it's Clean My Mac X, which is a new awakening for me. I've used Clean My Mac for a while, but it's Clean My Mac X. Um, you should be able, this, this, Jeremy, listen here. You should be able to rely on your computer. You absolutely should be able to rely on your computer. It should be in good enough shape to get you to your goals. It should be fast and organized and make working on it a dream. But frankly, that's not always the case. If you're a Mac user, you should try. Clean My Mac X from MacPaw. They're diligent Mac developers, many in the Mac community trust, and Clean My Mac X is an ideal decluttering app for Mac. So what does it do? Well, Clean My Mac X includes 49 tools to find and delete invisible computer junk. It helps to tune up the Mac so it runs at its maximum speed. It organizes disk space, showing you large hidden folders, and you can free up tons of space so your Mac never runs into issues with storage. Plus, it fights Mac Specific malware and adware to protect your computer, folks. I use CleanMyMac X and have long before they're ever a sponsor on this show because it is one of the best ways to truly uninstall an application on your Mac. That is like I love that, that the Mac uh, for the most part, you go into the Applications folder, you delete an application, and it's gone. But there are always some little leftovers that exist out there in your in your file system, and CleanMyMac X is great for getting rid of those. It also has some really great little scripts. Scripts and things that help to overall boost the performance of your Mac, and like uh, refreshing your cache and all sorts of little things that you may not even think about that you could do with a bunch of different terminal commands and stuff like that. But Clean My Mac X makes it so simple. Also, it's notarized by Apple, so that way you know it's been checked for security. And it really stands out on design; it really does. Uh, they, I've, I've uh, had it through several updates and redesigns, and. Every time it gets better, it makes such a difference when an app is enjoyable to use. So you're always going to be discovering new ways to optimize your Mac. You out there can get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash clockwise. Of course, this discount is only valid for two weeks. So go now to macpaw.app slash clockwise for 5% off. That's M A C P A W dot app. Slash clockwise for five percent off. Thanks so much to Clean My Mac X for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM, and for keeping my Mac running lickety split. We do appreciate you. All right, here is my bonus topic for you. Quickly, uh, do you have a special ritual for winding down before bed,
2: Allison? Absolutely, I read on my Kindle, and I read. Up to two pages at a time before I fall asleep. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah, actually, my my ritual
0: is the same, um, although I do try to read a little bit more because it's one of my only really opportunities to do so during the
3: day. I make it through usually a chapter or so. Mm. I like to put the kettle on, before I go to bed, it makes me look forward to my morning coffee. So that's that's about my only ritual.
1: Um, I have a cup of, of tea. It's usually some kind of sleepy time tea, uh, chamomile in it. And um, we'll listen to an audiobook until I fall asleep. And it doesn't take very long. Um, all right. Thank you all for your answers on that bonus topic. That was a super quick one. I do appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our incredible guests, Alice and Sheridan. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: What a blast. I'm glad to have been here for Dan's birthday. Oh, thank you. And Jeremy Birds, thank you so much for being here.
3: Thanks, everybody. Nice to be on with Allison for my first time as well.
0: And Micah will be back next week, but it sadly won't be my birthday again. And until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say.
1: And keep watching the cake. I knew you were going to say that. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm so predictable.
0: (laughs) I knew. I knew. I thought they were thinking, he's going to say, keep watching the cake. I know, Micah. He's going to say, keep watching the cake. And he did it. I wasn't disappointed. I like it. (laughs)